chapter one. Hell? Why had I come back? I asked myself for the millionth time. Because you're a coward, came the familiar answer. Because I returned willingly to this perjury. I trudged up and down all nine wings of Dante's Inferno. Trust me, I wish it was a pit of fire and brimstone. Which is all promised. I wished it was a place you could leave. Or a nightmare you could leave you. But it's not. Hell is an endless green, broken only by broken by deep shadows, white blankets of rain, and cesspools of bog and mud. It's a thick, vicious heat that rots body and mind with incessant, stagnant decay, a load of sweaty men. That's not so bad. We can't even stand our own stench. This is where we are, in hell, or Dea Negra, as they call it in Vietnam. Um, a lot of us blokes got the call up, but I signed up. First time was to win Jenny's family's respect. Second time was because it didn't work well, and nowhere else to go because I lost my place at the university. Mostly, though, I couldn't handle watching Jenny's belly growing my best mate's baby. Bullets didn't give me give a shit what colour skin you got, and for all its sins, the military doesn't give a fuck either. You've just a number they will chew up and spit out regardless. Swirling back spells of white smoke be seen from six clicks out. That's kilometers for the civilians. Within two clicks it permeated the jungle. With long reaching fingers we could taste the oily ash of its own of an old mouths. Burning bamboo, rice paddies, gunpowder, a subtle distinct smell of flesh. Thickened in my nostrils as we swept in from the outskirts of the village. In the rice paddies we first saw, we saw first black smouldering ash, which sheen of marble, oil marbled, a tub of water, green cops that wouldn't burn without it. The vape cong didn't have oil or flowing flowers to waste on crop fields. We spread out to wide under Hanamon's instructions. Close enough to see each other through the smoke, we bandanas piled up over our faces so we could breathe. We have a hand-picked group of specialists, unwanted oddities of reality. We rolled in it to do our job, which is to try and make sense of this shit of a storm. The brutality, dry heat of the fire, battling with the humid air, snapped our strength as we sloshed around the edge of the paddies. Looking for the road in. There wasn't. There was always a road in. We didn't expect any action. Of course, we were just the re- ghosts, the reapers. We were unofficially attached. The wallow of a grunt infantry unit was in the area, reportedly informally, to some employee on official jag team. Our job started off. Started off the bullets stopped flying. We went to collect dog tags. I my eyes. See KAIs and inspect for any potential war crimes. Whole fucking war was a crime, if you ask me. But none nobody ever did. Lance Corporal as Salaho Perani dropped to his knees. We all followed him like we were a Mexican wave. Well boy like me was in his second tour. You have you could tell by the lines of disgust, profound sadness carved in his face. The way his eyes narrowed, his potential squint of screwed, shrewd analysis, but mostly it was a trembling, always a trembling. 
As I made my way over, his fingers pointed towards the ground. What is that, Penny? I asked me. Now, I spent all my summers with my mother's mob, the variety of people in the Gark Nation. My uncle Morrow taught me to track with my cousins, with which become my speciality, my VIP invite to this particular ship party. We Aborigines don't know, for, aren't known for much more, perhaps drinking in football. Wiping the sweat out of my eyes, I watched all as, as the jumps and jitters ran down my comrade's arms to the muddy earth. He pointed a significant depression to the boggy ground. Standing carefully, I replied, That's there is a large, bloody large U.S. soldier, well, boy. See the typical G.I. boat thread going to the length of the print? He must be close to six or seven feet tall, and maybe around 120 kilos. Wait, it's hard to gauge in this bog. Thank God he's running away from the village. From the village, I cast about further points, but was able to make find myself obvious, oblivious in the swirling marsh. Are the Yanks meant to be in this area? I asked. I thought they were further north. Americans made me nervous, and good cause. On my first tour back in '66, attached to an American country training wing to distract the scouts on tracking techniques. I just came out of the latrines one evening when I heard shouting around the back. Sit, being a nosy bastard, I poked my head around the corner to see LT and a group of colonies shining some poor negro who was nearly on the ground. LT was forcing him to lick shit from his boot. I didn't have any rank to pull to stop it, but I did have a fist-sized rock. I locked the rock over my head and heard it clatter on the tin roof of the septic tank. I called out a grenade and I watched as everyone threw themselves to the ground. In any normal situation, nobody would fall for that ruse. But then um, everyone was switchy. Hell, I almost dropped to the ground myself. The LT Caney, I found out his name later, stumbled and, f- and fell through the roof of the septic tank. Eight shit. Eight shit indeed, sir. Of that LT Canary's victim, one Sergeant Marcus Hawkins, and I became best mates until he left the war two months later, when a friendly fire took a chunk out of his leg. Carry, on the other hand, eventually went to prison for war crimes, while taking the lead role in the village massacre. Marcus and I would write letters to each other. He just loved to fill me in all the happenings back home. It was Marcus who told me that the year after that we MI6s got headed out, some hundred Yanks had been killed by friendly fire. That's one year. There's the conferences of armed, untrained conscripts burning the boredom and demons, the heavy mix of drugs and alcohol. While I continued casting around my more friends, Ted squelched behind us with his short stubby legs. He pushed his thick glasses up to his biggest nose. I heard the click and grind of the camera. He wound on the film. It was top of the strange Madeleineer SL, provided by the Jag, and thankfully the only kind of shot we heard that week. Taz has a long way from shooting family photos at local sto- shops back home in Tanzania. Flat feet had, been, had him running errands, a head hunter's back in Nali Dandy. Until our last guy kissed a mine, then Taz got reposted to the Reapers. It's hard task out it, it, there for any death to be broke. But Taz, 
took it all in his stride. Pushing his mop of black hair out of his face, he and Wadboy stood next to the footprint for reference. We were all mixed, but it worked as well as it had to. None of us were sure what we were achieving, so even what we were doing, or what we were doing out there, but we were keeping someone happy. I had a paycheck, so that was just fine with me. There were no more prints coming, continually, nothing to define. I could make out in the slush of the mud. I gave Rob by the sign, and we all continued moving on. Even though the monster footprint was headed in an opposite direction, my hand gripped just a little tighter of my rifle. Why do a bloke had a big run away from a fight? I ran after myself because something bigger or meaner as the other team came. Unwanted reply. Didn't take long for us to find the road. It was not really a road, more than a wedge of dirt between a paddy that was just wide enough for a cart. We rolled in a single file and approached the wrecked remains of the village. I immediately got to work and started casting about for any prints or tracks to tell us the story. Some huts were still burning amidst the normal mosaic of death and fire, with a strong smell of bleach in the air. I noticed it before at previous sites. This time the acid stink was that much stronger. So I didn't we didn't normally hit a site so soon of the main event it was all I had it all on a certain edge we moved fast like cars about them in, about and indicated to Hamo and Taz that in familiar GI dread in the churn up mud a mess around us I estimate at least ten soldiers had been through the village clearing out each building as they went Hamo Taz come here come here come take a look at this I called over confused by what I found what is it Penny Oh, merest marines and habit taking their boots off, running about barefoot. I indicated a clear trail of prints belonging to somebody, someone or something. Easy reached over six feet tall, about 150, 50 kilos. Hammer removed his glasses and white from the semi clean on his filthy shirt. What the fuck? This doesn't make sense. Look, there's more, Taz called out as he set his camera off, snapping and grinding. I followed a trail, but there was no discernible pattern to it. While the G.I. boots prints were like following the yellow brick road, predictable standard operating procedure, the foot, bare footprints were chaotic and cut a winding, looping trail for the carnage of the village. By now, I defined that there were at least two, maybe three different prints, each one running, jumping and walking sporadically. I chose one to follow and threaded my way through the village, trying to recreate their movements. I kept tripping up on the arms, legs, and largely unidentifiable body parts strewn across the place. Corpses decorated their own, their own long, calling facade of steel. They still in stagnant, worldly bowels. One sat propped up against a pig's pen, a dark, a deep, a dark, black and red void. His jaw had been torn from his skull. Hairs on the back of my neck prickled up. I followed the tracks into the hut. I felt a crunch under my feet, foot. I glazed down to the hard-packed mud beneath my feet. A scream caught my throat. It was the body of a baby, too small to have been born. His tiny head smashed open into the dirt. My stomach rolled. I turned to vomit in the corner. Well, the hut remains. But I didn't stop. But I couldn't stop. 
before. Myself before.